Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hi, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Well, you know the FBI and the DOJ have become weaponized. The Democrats, in their constant ability to mess things up in America, have used these agencies, these institutions, as tools against their political enemies. It's outrageous. It's not only the raid on Mar-a-Lago, it's attacks on peaceful pro-life citizens and other patriots and people who are supportive of President Trump and in his inner circle. We have seen this now go on and on and on for months and months and months, and it seems to be getting worse. Some of the people I know as a pro-life leader and have worked with and prayed with on the streets of America have been raided by the FBI. One of those that got uh, a lot of attention was Mark Houck. Now, this is a Catholic man, a pro-life activist. In fact, he's given himself over the last uh, uh, practically decade of his life full-time to fighting abortion. Um, and uh, he has done so in a way uh, that is just filled with faith and with love and uh, with peace. He is in the Philadelphia area that he's been doing this activity. He's prayed out in front of abortion facilities. He has saved lives uh, by peacefully intervening. And uh, he um, uh, has been involved in the 40 Days for Life project, whereby uh, people come and, and, and as groups uh, peacefully pray in front of these facilities. So on September 23rd, Friday morning, his house at 7 a.m. was raided uh, by a couple of dozen FBI agents who uh, knocked on his door, pounded on his door, threatened to break it down opened it up and his seven children are there, you know, screaming and what's going on. And, and here are these guys, there pointing guns at him and his family. And that, that whole thing is so outrageous because if they had, if the, if, if the justice department had problems with him, he was cooperative. They could have just contacted him in a normal, peaceful way. And he was already cooperating and would have continued to cooperate. But no, just like in the case of President Trump himself, they had to show this ridiculous, overbearing uh, show of force and intimidation. These people are are sick. And these FBI agents, by the way, should not uh, cooperate in these kinds of things. And unfortunately, it leads us to the point where we've got to advise you not to talk to the FBI. See, and this is where they they undermine themselves, because how are people going to have the the confidence in agencies like the FBI when they need them for legitimate purposes? When people need to be interviewed and the FBI is looking for witnesses or looking for people who can provide information that they should be providing, how's that going to work when the American public has lost confidence in these institutions? Because they've been weaponized and they realize they could be potential targets. And that's why we say don't talk to them. You don't have to justify your political beliefs, your religious beliefs, your pro-life convictions or any other convictions to any kind of FBI agent. You don't have to do that. And if you do do that, 
just because, you know, you want to be a nice cooperative person, they can use that information against you just like they have against many people already. We're in a bad situation here. And that's why it's so necessary for us to win in these elections so that Congress under Republican hands can get to the bottom of what's going on here and, uh, uh, and do the, take the actions that need to be taken. So what I did the other day was to interview Mark. And you're going to see a beautiful conversation that he and I had. And the focus is not on now the, you know, the ongoing case and the trial he's involved in. Prudence dictates that he not speak about the details of that publicly just yet until it runs its course. But I wanted to talk to him to give you insight and encouragement into seeing his faith, his love of the Lord and his country, his love of life, and the beautiful attitude that he has. This is no domestic terrorist. This is no threat to democracy. This is a man, well, I'll let you just see and hear for yourself. I'm going to say a prayer now before we pitch to the interview. And then on the interview itself, I share a scripture which he found very meaningful and which speaks very much to the suffering that we are to expect as followers of Christ. So let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for Mr. Mark Houck and his spouse and his family, his seven children, uh, and, and, his, uh, and his, his colleagues and his friends and his partners in pro-life activity uh, over all these years. Lord, this is a man who exemplifies faith, patriotism, uh, defense of life, defense of what is true and what is just in your sight. And yet, Lord, he has been unfairly targeted by a weaponized FBI. Protect us, Lord. Protect your people from these abuses of power. Protect us. Go before us. Correct what needs to be corrected in our nation. The abuse of power by these pro-abortion Democrats. Save us, O oh God, save us from all of this. And may the faith and perseverance in love and in peace by people like Mark Houck inspire all the rest of us to steady the course, to keep faithful, and to trust in your powerful protection and providence. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, friends, I share with you now my interview with Mark Houck. Well, Mark, it is great to have you with us today, and uh, thanks for, first of all, all your, your pro-life activism over the years, Catholic activism, and, uh, and for being with us today. You're so joyful for me to be with you, Father Frank. I've admired your, your work for years, and to finally talk to you is a great honor for me, so thank you. Well, and I know you were with our associate director, uh, whom you've also known for a long time, Father Dennis Wild, uh, from uh, from the same general area uh, there and near near and around Philadelphia. So, yes. uh, Father Wild is a great uh, great advocate for life as well. Yeah, great friend of the family, and uh, we've done retreats together. Phenomenal homilist, as you know. Love Father Dennis. He's got more brain cells than I do, so it's great to be around guys like that. <laughs> great with the great with the piano too. He does yes, marvelous, he is. Uh, yes, he marvelous is. piano concerts. Well, Mark, um, uh, we are together in this battle and have been for a long time. And I wanted to uh, 
share a scripture uh, with our audience today that I think provides a good starting point for our conversation. And it's from the second letter of Paul to Timothy uh, in chapter 3, starting with verse 10. He says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, That's a passage that really uh, speaks to all of us. And uh, tell us a little bit about your own uh, pro-life work over these years. I was just with Matt Britton, uh, 40 Days for Life. Uh, uh, As you know, he's general counsel. We've been going around to various um, uh, prayer vigil sites, encouraging the folks that are coming out. Uh, That's something you've participated in over the years. Uh, But tell us about your involvement with that, with other pro-life things, and also with the uh, apostolate that uh, you've started, the King's Men. Sure. Well, I was introduced, and through much of your work, you've encouraged this by a very brave woman uh, who I was blessed to call Mother. And she showed me a graphic image of an unborn, a preborn child. And this was back in probably 2000. And I told my mother that I didn't want to see it. Um, I was only 26 at the time. But she said, no, Mark, you need to see it or else you're not going to do anything about it. And I know you've written about these things and how we need to show the graphic images of life in the womb so that we can awaken people and our consciences become come alive. So back in 2003, I decided to take a leap of faith after teaching in the public sector in in Philadelphia schools, and I I decided to go full-time in the pro-life movement. And as God would have it, the international chastity educator and pro-lifer, great pro-lifer Molly Kelly moved Mm. right across the street from me in the over 55 community where I was with my mother, and uh, she started mentoring me. And so we combined the message of life and love and chastity, and that was really my it started in the pro-life movement back in 2003 full-time. And from there, I've, I've been at weekly prayer vigils, uh, pro-life uh, witnesses, 40 Days for Life. We've done rescues. Um, unfortunately, I've had uh, a couple run-ins with the law over the course of that as uh, we fight an unjust law. But uh, but blessed to do that, blessed to be a part of that, and blessed to suffer in that way. That scripture is uh, really speaks to my heart and a lot of the pro-lifers. And, and certainly I could take great consolation knowing that I could suffer in that way. And I'm glad to, I'm, I'm honored to, I'm blessed to. So um, we've had a, a bit of part of the of saving of many souls. And we know scripture says you save a soul, you save your own soul. Well, I've been a part of probably hundreds of souls, you know, just through my prayerful presence and even direct involvement. And I tell you, it's there's no important work on the face of the earth. There's no greater thing that I can do with my time in a given day than to go and try and save a baby from, from being aborted. So um, 
you know, just such an honor to to continue to be invited into this as we all are. But to me, to the God has opened my eyes to these realities in, in ways where I can use my gifting as a man, my talents to help and influence and stand in the gap. I don't know if you know, Father, I was a safety in college playing college football and I was the last line of defense. So when I go down to the abortion mills uh, and, and I'm there, I'm the last line of defense. And, you know, that's right in my character and my nature. And so I'm good at that. I'm good at being there. Um, God has decided that this is where I want you and, um, and has used, used me effectively, if I can say that in all humility, to, to help influence and encourage at that time. And so um, blessed to be able to do it for the last 20 years. Yeah, you know, it is a, a wonderful thing. I think every time we uh, we save a life, I think about the uh, question that we're often asked uh, as a movement. Well, what are you doing for these children later on? And my response to that is everything, everything <laughs> that a child experiences later on in life. They have us to thank. You know, and uh, you can think about, I mean, you know, when they graduate high school, when they have their first date, when they get their first job and they go in on that first day all excited, when they get married, when they have their first mm -hmm. child, anything that happens along the way, they can turn back and, and, and say, thank you for saving my life, because uh, I would have had none of this otherwise. And uh, that's what keeps us going, isn't it? Hey, man, I mean, it's life giving. I've had... Uh, very recently this past year, the parents of a baby that we saved on Inauguration Day, uh, 2021, uh, no, 20, yeah, 2021, and uh, and they came to my house and we had dinner and we opened them up to life outside of the urban community and said, and they left saying, we can do this for ourselves. We gave them a, a mattress for their baby in the nursery. We held that baby, little Nevaeh, heaven spelled backwards. And it was mm. just such a joy to be able to say, my gosh, if we didn't say yes to life this child would not be here. I would not be able to kiss this child's forehead. And whether that child can, stays connected with us or not, it, it's not for me to choose. I'm open to that. But you're right. We're there for the women. Even if they do choose abortion, we're still there able to walk with them if they so want it. And so it's great to be able to have that opportunity and to know that this is this is what we're called for at this time. I mean, I, I just keep saying Uncle Mordecai to Esther, perhaps for such a time as this, we have been called, and I know I've been called. I know you've been called, and you've been leading the way for all of us for years. So such a such a joy to do it. Tell me about uh, uh, the King's Men. Uh, a number of people have uh, heard about that, and uh, t t t tell us uh, uh, more. Sure. So while I was working in the pro-life movement and, and doing a lot of chastity education and encouraging young people to save all intimate acts for marriage, uh, I took a notice that there was a lack of male leadership, specifically in that abstinence education, chastity movement, if you will. So I, I saw so that's peculiar. And then I took a look at the pro-life movement and they were getting much older. Um, and, and I didn't see a lot of young leaders, young men stepping up. And I, and I can speculate as to why, but I just saw what I defined as a crisis in masculinity. And so in 2004, we launched a small men's group, which later spawned into the King's Men, a full-time apostolate, which parallels the pro-life movement, works with the pro-life movement, fights the issue of pornography, defends traditional marriage. And we develop men's groups all around the country to raise up the pro-life man. And so um, that's at the core of what we do, uh, constantly bringing men together on a weekly basis to grow in holiness, to hold each other accountable. 
and to really become an authentically and unapologetically Catholic man. You know, and, and you ex you exhibit in your own activities and in your own family life the, um, the mandate also that the Lord gives us to pass along to our children uh, these, not only the truths about the sanctity of life and of marriage and, and uh, just the fullness of the faith, but also to teach them how to fight, to teach them how to, to go into the world and transform uh, the world into the kingdom of life. Uh, tell us how you've, you've experienced that as a father. Now, you have seven children. Is that right? That's right. We have seven children, and we're blessed to have six children in heaven with the Lord. So in the last 14, 15 years, we've had we've had 13 children. And so every gift is a life. Even the miscarried child is, is just as valuable. And so fatherhood for me, Father, has has really uh, taught me what it means to be a man. It just in the fullness. And and certainly I look to St. Joseph and, and some of the great saints in the father role and our spiritual fathers like you, because you're, you're, you're begetting more children than I ever will have through your spiritual fatherhood. And so the, your pastoral care and, the, and, and those that I encounter, really, that's, that's where God is, has taught me how to engage in a noble battle, because I know who I'm fighting for. I know that I'm walking the way I want these children to walk. And so I need to show them by my actions what they need to do. And hopefully those actions are virtuous and leading to the building of the kingdom. And so when I bring my children down with me to the pro-life uh, marches and walks and vigils at, at prayer vigils, I know it's a tough place for them to be. And I know that that's going to be hard. And I know the things that they're going to hear and see are not what I would teach them in my homeschool environment. However, I'm comfortable because I can teach them exactly what they're seeing. And I can control the message. And I can control how they receive it. And I can explain in a godly way, in a biblical way, that this is all part of following Christ. And so that's the best way for me to navigate in the cultural war, if you will, is to invite my children to walk with me as I engage in these battles that in this case, when I'm in right now, is kind of a national battle. So, um, you know, they're watching me and I think of a lot of Martin Luther King and how his son was, Dr. Martin Luther King, how his son was saddened when his dad first got arrested. And uh, and he's, his peers at school were calling him a jailbird. And his son, Martin Luther King III, was embarrassed, shamed of his own father. And as he came home and his mother said to him, what's wrong, son? He said, well, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. I'm embarrassed about dad. And she said, son, you don't realize what your father's doing and how great a man he is and what he's sacrificing for the world. You need to be proud of your father. You need to honor what he's doing. And don't be embarrassed ever about that. And he chest up and 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 was proud from then on and never doubted it again and i know my kids are are feeling that right now as well yes yes i was going to ask you how they're all doing uh, you know you none of you have been uh, uh looking for this uh, national spotlight but uh but you know like you said when we take on the cause uh, uh and we accept uh, uh from the lord uh the command to get involved in these battles we say to him, okay, Lord, whatever you want. If you want me to be working in a, a quiet corner of obscurity, you know, what I can save lives, so be it. If you want me uh, for a time to, you know, be in the spotlight, 
so be it. It doesn't change our relationship with him. You know, we continue in all humility, knowing that, you know, he's the he's the source of all that we're able to do. Um, but it is beautiful, you know, when we're able to um, give to more people than we than we thought we would reach that example that that you're giving of a just humble service. Here I am, Lord. I'm trying to save lives. I'm not do I'm not doing anything, you know, uh, 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 in in secret. People know what I believe. They know who I am, and that's how I'll continue. So, um, uh, so, and your family's doing well, right? Thank you. And yes, they are. Um, the seven children are. Every day is different, and and. My one daughter, uh, who's right in the middle, Catherine, she said, Dad, I'm afraid of Fridays. And that was the day of the ambush on my home. And she said, I'm just, Dad, I'm afraid of Fridays. So we take it one step at a time. We've had priests pray with our children. We've gone to priests who have great gifts. Uh, Father Mike Mannion, Monsignor Mike Mannion in the Camden Diocese, who ministers to parents of murdered children. So he understands trauma. And so he was able to pull out tears from my four-year-old who's really been screaming a lot. And you can imagine the terror that's inside of these little people. While they're laughing again and they're singing again, we still see the effects of guns pointed at them, guns pointed at their father, guns pointed at their mother, and being awoken at 7 a.m. out of a, a sleep that was a peaceful rest. Now rest is not always as peaceful. So we know this that they that they're resilient and that in time they will heal. But it's painful right now as a father because you just need to hold them and love them and encourage them. But in frankly, the six-year-old, the four-year-old, and the two-year-old really don't know how to express how they're feeling right now. And even the 10-year-old, the nine-year-old, the 13-year-old are still struggling with that. So, you know, we we we're together. The Lord and the sacraments have been great to, to comfort comfort us. But in truth, we need more prayer and we need more patience with this. And the journey is going to continue to to be here for them. Um, so, again, I, I can only tell you that we're laughing again. We're crying still and we're uh, singing again. So that's good. Well, Mark, one of the reasons I wanted to, to have you on with me for a few minutes today, and I thank you for your time, is um, is so precisely so that I could pray uh, with you and for you and for your family. I want to extend a blessing, and I want to invite all our listeners and viewers to join in and agree in a biblical way uh, with this prayer and with this blessing. And I know that uh, uh, you and, and your wife and your children uh, uh, know, appreciate, and believe in the power of the whole body of Christ coming together and praying in this way. And after I give you this prayer of blessing, um, I want to pray also for, you know, our friends uh, in the movement who are undergoing similar trials. And, uh, you know, I, I think about this um, this raid that was conducted on 11 uh, other uh, peaceful pro-life activists, and some of whom I've prayed with on the streets of America for for decades, uh, Eva Edel, who was in a concentration yeah. camp, and uh, I'll never forget the first time hearing her story. It must have been was in the mid '90s, and there she is talking about how much she suffered there, and and how that brought her to Jesus, and and she 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 tries to save the vulnerable. Chet Gallagher was a police officer who was asked to go and arrest pro-life Christians that were rescuing at an abortion mill, and he. Uh, he was moved in conscience instead of to arrest them. He turned around and sat down right with them and, 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 and blockaded that. So, I mean, these are people of such 
holiness, such faith. So let's pray for, for you, for your family, and for them as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, send your Holy Spirit, your Spirit of life, your Spirit of truth, your Spirit of courage, and your Spirit of consolation and healing to Mark and his family. Send that Spirit now, Lord, in all his fullness, just as he came at Pentecost, just as he came to us in baptism, and again in confirmation. Send that Holy Spirit anew today with fresh strength and vigor, healing, peace, and joy. Because, Lord, the peace and joy that your Spirit brings uh, cannot be taken away by anybody, no matter how powerful they may be in the eyes of this world. Preserve us in that peace. Increase in us that joy. Continue to bless, protect, and unite our families, and especially Mark's family. Keep them every day growing in the knowledge and love of you, O Lord, and of one another. And extend this blessing now as we pray united across this nation and around the world as the body of Christ. Extend this blessing uh, to them and to all our brothers and sisters who suffer for this cause. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Mark, so great to be with you. Be assured of our continued prayers, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking with you again. Uh, and I uh, look forward to uh, praying with you side by side one of these days uh, in front of one of these places where we can uh, save some lives together. Oh, I love it. And uh, again, I people keep saying, what can you do for us? And I just say, proclaim the injustice and do, do not be afraid. Don't let what's happening to me or my family keep you from doing the will of God and going out and rescuing these babies and these moms and fathers. So thank you, Father, for all that you're doing and continuing to encourage us all. I look forward to the same thing, and I hope we can pray together and uh, uh, just put our rosary in our hand, our weapon, and and, and save lives. So we're, we're, we're blessed to do it with you. Amen. Well, that, and that's the perfect message, Mark, for people just not to be afraid or intimidated in any way. Be of good courage. We will talk to you again. All right. God bless. Well, I am so grateful to Mark and his family. I, I commend uh, them to your prayers. And you, you can see uh, by our conversation how much he appreciates the power of prayer and is grateful to you, friends, for, for praying for him and his family, for spreading the, 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 the story of what's happening to him. And uh, we will stay tuned, won't we, to, uh, as he said, uh, as the case works itself out, uh, and we will uh, indeed have him back in the future to uh, talk about the outcomes. So let's bring all our prayers and praises together now and uh, continue lifting each other up. Any prayer intentions that you have, uh, mention them now, put them in the comments. Some of you have already done so. And let's lift them all up to the Lord now uh, by using the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Connect with me, friends, on social media. I love uh, being there with you. And uh, each day we share encouragement with one another. I'm at Fr Frank Pavone, uh, Fr Frank Pavone on all the major platforms. 
you'll see me on Truth Social. I hope you have your account there. Oh, by the way, be sure you're marking your calendar Saturday night. We have another Trump rally, 8 p.m. Eastern time. He'll be speaking to us from Texas. This Saturday night, you watch it on Right Side Broadcasting. You can watch it on my website, presidenttrumprallies.com. Presidenttrumprallies.com. And of course, you can see all the past ones as well, as you can see on RSBN too. Uh, So Saturday night, let's mark our calendars. Let's be encouraged and remember what he's going to tell us at that rally, what he tells us at every rally. We are part of the greatest political movement in American history, by far. This country doesn't belong to the left-wing, woke, radical mob that wants to destroy it. This country belongs to you and me. And the best days of America are indeed yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here. From all of us at Priests for Life, God's blessings on you and your families. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.